0: Hello and welcome to another edition of uh, Goldbezan podcast uh, My name is Sina Soemiyan. I'll be your host today. Uh, joining me are two regular panelists, uh, Pejman Pars and uh, Arash
1: Shevdekhari. Guys, it's great to have you on. How are you doing? Hi, Sina. Nice to be back here on a new pod. Thank right you. What's up, man? How's it going, guys? Good to be back Good. as well good good it's been it's been a while guys uh, it's finally
0: great to uh, get another episode out there uh, as as we all know we uh, we played two of the uh, two games of the qualification for the 2018 World Cup in Russia two really important games uh, against Uzbekistan and and South Korea um, I think if they were they were always going to be decisive in terms of uh, how we will look uh, in the uh, in the coming 18 months um, in the qualification process and uh, I'll get right into it um, obviously we our first game was uh, against Uzbekistan in October um, we had to go away uh, to play them it's, it's usually really tough playing away to Uzbekistan but uh, uh, Pejman going into the game what were your expectations uh, of our away game uh, against the Uzbeks?
1: Yeah, well I was More or less happy with a draw, uh, to be honest. Uh, We've been struggling against Uzbekistan in in away games before, although we won them the last time, if I'm not mistaken, like Khalat Paris scored in a 90th minute or something, but it was a hard game. Uh, This game as well was really interesting because, in my opinion, uh, uh, Uzbekistan deserved maybe a draw because they were the better team, or at least they had... uh, they had more of, of the ball and more of the game, but what's really surprising is that they didn't manage to shoot a single uh, shoot. Uh, uh, what did you say? Uh, uh, didn't have a, a single goal-scoring opportunity against Iran. That's something that we have to consider uh, uh, and give a uh, give a good grade to the Iranian defense and how K-Rush uh, put down the team. So all in all, I'm really happy for the three points, and I'm kind of surprised that uh, we didn't uh, let in any goals. But that's just great. Arash, um it was uh, it was a
0: really a good performance uh, in uh, in the sense that uh, we were always, you know, it was always going to be a difficult game. Uh, Uzbekistan were uh, hoping for a win, of course, in their own backyard. But I thought it was a really um, Great performance in terms of uh, we dug out and, and we, we we managed to get the win. And I think in comparison to the game game against China, uh, just before that, uh, we were really disappointed in that game. And I think there was a lot of improvement uh, in the game against Uzbekistan. But there was a lot of changes in the lineup, and it, it was it was sort of uh, surprising for me certainly to see someone like Coach Anjoud starting up front again. Um, Milad Mohammadi certainly starting at left back and. Uh, we saw Esanohar Safi playing in central midfield next to the young Saeed Zatoloi. What did you make of these changes and did you think they really paid off putting aside the result and concentrating on the performance?
2: I like the lineup. I mean, I'll be honest, the very beginning I was looking at it. I was maybe I probably questioned it a little bit, but I trust Carlos Cariro. he's done a lot for Team L.E. I was right away comfortable with Milad Mohammadi. I remember when I was at the friendly match against Macedonia back in uh, late May, early June, I saw him playing, he's he's an excellent left back. So that was good to see. I just think about, afterwards, after talking with some of my other uh, friends about about the match, a lot of people were quick to point out that Carlos Quiroz was resting a lot of his, some of his good players because, you know, of course, five days later they would play against South Korea at Azadi Stadium, so... I liked what I saw with the changes there. I think it was a good, I think it was, um, they, the, the team played well, and the defense was solid. I mean, one thing about that game I'll say is that it's one of those typical matches where I started, I couldn't sit down, I was pacing around, because Iran was, you know, holding on to a one-goal lead, and, you know, if they were to let goal late, that would have been really tough to swallow. And I think a lot of people said that the Uzbeks did the, the not perform as well, because they didn't have their their normal captain Odil Ahmedov and he's a very good player. Server Jeparov was the captain instead and when he got hurt he had to come out but right away the Uzbeks had a spark from Alexander Gainrich. and overall with that game I was glad I was happy with the result. I mean yeah like you like like people I mentioned earlier, a draw on the road would have been great, but the win of course is excellent and just so glad they found a way to win and but like you said though, sorry if I went off topic too much, but the players that that were used in the starting lineup, yeah, I was very I, I really liked that lineup a lot.
0: Perjman, I want to bring two players in your attention in particular. Uh, one of them is Mehdi Tarami, who, uh, as uh, we followed the Persian Golf Pro League in the last 18 months, has been uh, prolific in that league and he's scored many goals for Perjman, just playing up front. But uh, in the last few games, he's been uh, playing as a right winger and you know, playing on the left wing as well. I think it was the game his Qatar, that he played there. Um, and also, uh, I want to mention again, Hoisafi's performance in the middle. We've, we've mentioned it a lot that we wanted to see him uh, playing, you know, given a chance in the middle of the park. Uh, what did you think of, uh, of the performance of these
1: two players in particular? Uh, let me start off with uh, Tormi. Tormi, I'm a fan of him and none of his attitude and none of all the strange things he's done with moving to Turkey and returning one week after. but his ability to see a goal-scoring opportunity and make the best out of it. For me, that's his best strength. Uh, and I don't think that he been given uh, in that game against uh, Uzbekistan a really fair chance to, to show that. So, in my opinion, I think he was quite poor in that game and didn't really manage to perform well. For me, to start, uh, he's, not a, he's not even a, a starting player. I think at the best, he could come in in the last 10-15 minutes and, and do an impact as a, as a striker. That's, that's, uh, that's what he plays in uh, Paris police. Yeah, so, uh, so tell me, uh, he would be really lucky if he will be able to join the squad for the World Cup uh, if he right now goes to the World Cup. Uh, because I think other players are better than him, but uh, he's, he's been he's been effective. Um, but then we have Haj Safi, uh, who is an interesting player. He, he has so much potential, and maybe his year in the Bundesliga or the second Bundesliga made him good, made him a smarter player. Uh, he left uh, his position in the left, and we came to the uh, middle, which for me was kind of scary, because that Milad you know, Mohammadi would have to go uh, all alone on the left side, but uh, I think the Azatolei Haj Safi combination is interesting and can be much better. Haj uh, Safi, although in my opinion is still not the best defender, but he's a smart player and can uh, can be useful in many positions. So I'm, I'm happy that performed well, but on the other side, I have to say, against Uzbekistan, uh, a lot of the Uzbeks, uh, uh, all the time, every time the Uzbeks uh, came to attack, they came from the Iranian left side. We were heavily exposed there, in my opinion, and we were, to be honest, uh, quite lucky not to uh, concede a goal or at least uh, make something, uh, make the Uzbeks more dangerous than they actually were. But uh, in, in the next game, uh, Milad Mohamadi really stepped up, and I think he did a great game. And uh, maybe we'll see how Safi in the middle and Milad Mohamadi in the left for a long time. At least if, they're all, if they keep continuities, we have like 10 years ahead of us with these two guys. Uh, Arash
0: Pejman brought up a a really good point uh, that I've I've certainly noticed in the past twelve months is that um, most of the um, the threat uh, from the opposition comes from the flanks. Of course, Pejman mentioned the left side, but certainly the right side of our defence is a little shaky as well when we don't have the ball. When uh, Ramin Rezaian is playing, Um, how do you think we can solve this problem? Yes, I know we, we haven't uh, conceded a shot on targets in the past two games, but uh, still, you don't want to let the opposition get in those dangerous positions. Do you think it's a matter of personnel and, and players uh, that need to be changed, or is it a, a tactical issue that needs to be addressed uh, by Kerr
2: certainly going forward? You know, honestly, for me, it's a tough one to say because whenever I watch, from all the times watching Team LA, and you just mentioned about the attacks coming on the flanks. I feel like the way Carlos Carros has his defense organized, that is that they're maybe that's too strong on the out. They're not, you know, they're not too strong on the you know, outside, whether it's the left back, you know, or the right back sometimes on defense. But it seems like they just know how to you know stay compact and play smart, of course in the center. You know, we've had some very good center backs who know what they're doing. And but I mean, I don't know if it's so much if it's like the tactical move, but maybe with the personnel it could be a good idea because if you remember looking back at the 2014 World Cup our center backs we had um, we had Jalal Hosseini and Amir uh, Hossein uh, Sadegui and of course our right back was Pejman Montazeri and that seemed like a very solid. that, that, was, that was very solid having I mean, Montazeri as the right back so I think right now maybe I mean one honestly I think one solution could be changing the starting right back but at the same time you know what can I say I mean I'm not Carlos Quiroz. He he has a plan and Team Elie seems to know what they're doing out there. I mean, it's it gets suspenseful when they have these, you know, always one nothing, one nothing wins. Yeah, it's great. But the one thing that scares me a little is that if team, if we notice, if Team LE falls behind, from the last, from talking about last World Cup qualification, whenever they fell behind, they those are games they lost. So it's almost like they have to score first and everything goes their way and they control the match. And then if they don't do that, then they're in trouble. So, like I said, I think changing the right back could be a good idea but the question is you know who is the question is will carlos quiero's will Quiroz be comfortable with that new right back
0: i completely agree with the point you raised in terms of uh, going behind and, and if we have a plan when we do go behind against an opposition and i think uh, even though in my opinion we did improve a lot in our performance against Uzbekistan in comparison to the game before that against china uh, we also got to think that the goal we scored came from a set piece from a great delivery from Shojai and Hussein Niu headed the ball fantastically into the the Uzbek net. So um, from open play, we we didn't really uh, threaten the Uzbeks as as much as uh, we would have liked. And I think the Uzbeks had around sixty percent possession. But I think it was it was it was a solid performance away from home. It's always as I say, it's always difficult going there. But moving on from the game against Uzbekistan.
1: um, Sorry, uh, Sina Well, one one last thing. Uh, About uh, the the wings, Um, and I think you're gonna mention now with the South Korea game. But I think whenever a a team that will scout Iran well uh, will easily notice uh, our right and even our left uh, uh, wings are are really not that strong. And I was I was kind of shocked that South Korea played such a poorly game because uh, they've been playing. Quite good, actually. There are a lot of good players. Uh, I think with a good, strong team, that can expose our wings. Uh, Iran will uh, will lose those kind of games, uh, but we we won't lose against these Asian teams. Uh, so I think it's important to, to not overestimate uh, the Iranian team uh, simply because we haven't they haven't lost in ages. It's uh, simply because they haven't teams that expose them uh, were from from the wings, and hopefully, heroes uh, and the players can improve and uh, maybe uh, solve those issues too. Uh, that was just that.
0: Of course, you brought up the the game against South Korea, and, and that's what I was going into. It, it was it was a really really important game for us because um, although I think some people around the team early not played down the, the importance of the result in this game, but I think uh, we all knew that winning win in this game mentally would give us a, a massive boost going forward into the qualification and uh, at home as well we had the advantage over the South Koreans who I think haven't beat us uh, in Tehran for over 40 years, um, so I was I was really positive and, and uh, I think the result and the performance uh, was uh, was fantastic. I thought uh, performance-wise, it was one of the best performances I've seen from Iran. When especially when we had the ball, and uh, it was it was really impressive. But uh, coming into more detail in that game, we saw a lot of changes in the lineup from the game against Uzbekistan. I think he was he was. Uh, uh, a, a lineup that uh, was expected against Uzbekistan, but as Arash mentioned, a lot of players were arrested in that game. So we saw uh, we saw Dejaga and coming back into the team. But I was expecting Mohammadli to to maybe uh, drop off to the bench, but, but as uh, left back again with Hoysafi and um, Ezatolahi continuing in centre mid. Uh, Arash, what, what did you think in South Korea and and um, uh, were your expectations matched by the performance and uncertainty certainly the result as
2: well? Well, for my expectations, I just feel like going into the match that the, that Iran had to win because the pressure the pressure was on. You know, they they left Uzbekistan with three points, so surely they had to get the three points at home. Honestly, I was a little surprised. I mean, to me, the, the, the South Koreans have a very good roster. They have a, they have very good players. And they have players that play in respectable leagues in Europe as well. I and mean, play teams like Swansea City, you know, Kis, kisong Young, They have a lot of good players. I mean, I can't go through all of the, their the, legionnaires. But just based on even how they played against Iran, you know, four years ago, it, that game where Iran won when they were down to 10 men, that was an amazing victory for Iran. South Korea looked better in that game. But in this game, clearly Iran was a better side. And I was just naturally, yeah, a little surprised because you expect so much from South Korea, they're a fast team. They, you know, they're very effective on the attack. And and when you were, and in reading the reports from even a South from a Korean news source, they were saying that they got outplayed all over the place by Iran. And naturally, of course, I'm really really proud to read about that because that was a huge win, and I liked what I saw there. Kishan,
1: uh,
2: what were your thoughts on the game?
1: Yeah. Uh, First, I was surprised that uh, South Korea didn't uh, play as good as they should have played, considering the, the players they have. Uh, you should also not forget Hung Min Son, uh, a Tottenham player that has done real well for Tottenham so far. And they have a lot of good players, and an okay bench as well. Uh, well, that's South Korea. So if we go back to Iran, the player that we criticise or talk about, Ramin Rizoyan actually uh, did an okay game and actually assisted uh, uh, Osmond for the goal so uh, although it's easy to, to bash him because uh, he, he can't defend uh, he still have two clean sheets uh, against two strong uh, teams uh, so th- that's something that's good for him. Um, overall I like that uh, K-Rosh uh, He's not afraid to to bench, to have good players on the bench if he thinks that they're not they're not uh, uh, correct players for the starting eleven. Like he played against Uzbekistan, uh, which was for me surprising, and he was even the captain. And for the South Korea game, uh, yeah, he wasn't there. So it's interesting. Uh, one thing, uh, it's uh, I, I can't uh, keep. Uh, that I always think about, is a goalkeeping situation. Uh, of course, I think Beraumand is now the right choice because uh, Haderi haven't played for ages in any club, so I, I don't know, he, he should really get an agent or st- I mean, stop being whatever kind of stupidness he's doing. Uh, but f- Beraumand didn't have anything to do in two games, but uh, I think it was one or two situations because he felt that he didn't have anything to do, that he went out and did some stupid boxing and then uh, did out and wanted to take the ball but didn't communicate with the defenders. Uh, if those mistakes happen and uh, it will, at the ball will lead to a goal, it's definitely on him. I think he still does these stupid uh, mistakes too often. It also happens in the league. I don't know why he does it because he's a tall player, you think that he can go out and uh, take the ball every time, or maybe because he's so bored, he has to show himself and be active, but he makes the wrong decision too often. So, for me, uh, we'll still have a goalkeeping issue. I was definitely going to bring up the goalkeeping issue, but
0: the point that I wanted to raise was Pejman you said we shouldn't overestimate. Uh, the players that we have and the team that we have but uh, Arash I'm going to come to you with this one Did, do we overestimate uh, our opponents as well I mean um, of course South Korea are a, are a great team but this is a team that drew 0-0 uh, against Syria and conceded four goals against China and Qatar so um, if we had ended up drawing at home uh, against this team uh, who let's be honest are not in the form that they should be. Um, should we have been disappointed? Or now that we won 1-0, should we just be, you know, uh, not overexcited, but uh, just uh, remain positive and, and satisfied that we got the job done,
2: but it, it was nothing special? Yeah, I like the last thing you said. Remain positive, you know, keep the positive energy, and don't, don't, don't act like you just defeated a South Korea team that just placed... You know, third place on the World Cup. I mean, because, yeah, you're right. Their defense has not been impressive lately. And sometimes, you know, you do get... Sometimes we do get into a habit of overestimating opponents. I'm not sure if... I'm not sure if everyone was overestimating necessarily South Korea. But the fact is, you know, we've seen Iran um, underachieve against teams that they're better than. I mean, we saw Iran tie 0-0 against China in China. I saw nothing... To be happy about that result, so of course you got to be happy with the wins against, as said, on the road and the win against South Korea at home. But yes, but stay, stay positive. You know, be humble. Something that Carlos Carosa said before. But don't act like the job is done. Hisham, Arash made a really good point in uh, mentioning that nil-nil against
0: China, and I think when you compare that game. To the, to the game against South Korea, it really shows the difference in performance and the way we approach the game when we play against better opposition. Do you think that that is a that is a concern? Uh, certainly, in the Kairos era, since 2011, that we, uh, we really fail to to take the game to opponents that aren't necessarily up to our standards and are, are happy to just
1: sit back and uh, get a draw. Um, what what do you think? Uh, yeah, good points. Uh, we have Iran have had this problem for a while now, and uh, a K-Rush, uh style of tactics or the way he likes to play, uh, it really doesn't suit to play against weaker teams, so to speak. So uh, that's an issue that we've been uh, that we have for a long time now, and uh, it's really hard to do something about that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Iran have played some really good games against weaker teams and being really cocky and just going, going for the early goal and more or less killing the opponents in the first half. But uh, I think the next game that Iran have against Syria, it would be a game that Iran would struggle. Uh, not struggle to, to actually play good football, but struggle to, to score. Uh, Syria are uh, all praise to them they have a really tough situation at home, they have to play their home game in, in Malaysia not benefiting them, probably more Iranians will show up to that game uh, but I think uh, Iran is expected to win that game, all the players mentalities is to win that game although Khrush will say to them nothing is given and you have to earn that win Um Nothing less than a win will be uh, a good result. And also a 1-0 win won't be enough. But to be honest, I have a real hard time to see Iran playing well in that game. Uh, I believe also even in, in a draw. Because every time we, we get so excited about Iran playing good, they choke. They choke big time. So uh, we'll see how the Syria game works. Uh, will show how they cope with winning two important games. Arash, I think this is a a,
0: a real concern, Uh, the the consistency of of results and performances. I mean, even the game against Qatar, if you uh, put aside the added... uh, the, first, the, the 90 minutes was, uh, certainly in my opinion, was uh, was really rubbish. I think we, we were really poor in that game as well, uh, performance-wise. And if it wasn't for the mistake from the battery keeper, uh, uh, the game would have probably ended up as a nil-nil. But how do you think we should approach this problem that we have in terms of playing against teams that uh, uh, we should be expected to win? yet uh, we go to the likes of uh, south korea and even japan in you know, a friendly a uh, couple of years ago and uh, and play really well and, and most of the times come out with the three points how do you think we should change our approach to the games against the likes of china and syria and qatar in in comparison
2: to the likes of south korea you know that's tough we've been seeing you know not to say that I don't want to have every t- whatever, every one of my answers just be like that to start off but it is difficult. We've seen this a lot from past Rose Cup qualifying campaigns. I mean, even drawing nil-nil against Thailand in Bangkok, you know, for the 2002 qualifying. I remember being furious about that. You can't just—it's it, hard to say, you know, how you're going to change the approach. I just think what needs to be done is the mindset has to be that every opponent you play is going to be tough, and you got to play to win no matter what. You can't just go and start a game saying that let's just keep it zero-zero for a while and see where it goes. I just think the reason why the game at Syria will be tough is because one, the pressure on Team Le is going to be immense. After beating Uzbekistan on the road and South Korea at home, everyone's expecting an easy win against against Syria. I don't like that game. Go- I don't like going into that game because, like we mentioned, the pressure, all the pressures on Team Le, and this match is going to be played in Malaysia. I don't understand what but the Asian the, Football Confederation think, is doing. Do you think that's a really poor mentality to approach the game with, having? Had six points from
0: these two difficult games going into a game that we should be getting the three points. Do you think that's a
2: that's a uh, that's a sense of complacency going into the game that could possibly cost us? Um, it can. I just believe that. I just believe that as long. I just feel that they have to, you know, play all opponents the same way. I feel like maybe sometimes when they play against certain teams from, you know, from other when they play certain teams from the Asian Football Confederation, sometimes. The teams they play against, they just find themselves getting frustrated, and they start, you know, having things like self-inflicted wounds. So I think that's the, that right there is to me, is the reason why Team Mellie struggles against weaker oppositions. I feel that as long as they go in there with their best players available, and they have their plan, and they execute, I think they'll be fine. But like you saw in the match against China, they were the better team, they were controlling the ball, but they didn't create very good chances. And you saw Ali Reza Jahan Bash just totally sail the ball high over the bar when he had a really good chance to score. And you see him score goals for Azed Alkmaar numerous times and he suddenly just looks different playing for Team L.E.
0: First one, having heard uh, the points that Arash raised, uh, what do you think in regard to this issue? Do you think it's, it's a matter of uh, the tempo of the game and, and uh, the tactical approach? Uh, to each game that really makes a difference, or do you think it's the mentality that uh, really dictates uh, the results of, uh, of the game uh, when the final uh, whistle is blown?
1: Um, I think a combination of both, maybe, uh, but maybe less the mentality nowadays. Um, there aren't any weak opponents in Asia anymore. Uh, there are tough games, even if Iran is expect, expected to, to win against maybe Kuwait and Arab Emirates. We've seen Iran struggle against, against those teams. So uh, it's not that easy. Um, but uh, uh, I also believe in what you said in the beginning uh, of your question that uh, maybe it's due to tactics, maybe it's due to that uh, opponent slowed down the game. But let's be honest I- Iran isn't like a, a super tiki taka kind of team or Iran is already a really fast team uh, they do some good counterattacks against really good teams but you can't do counterattacks against uh, teams in which you have the ball all the time so uh, it's really hard because sometimes against these teams Iran plays really good and sometimes Iran struggles uh, it's, it's hard to see a consistency uh, in these kind of games uh, they're, like, they're running mentality maybe is up there I really don't know uh, so I'm glad that Iran won those two games against Uzbekistan and South Korea and also the game against Qatar although it was a mistake at the end it's the three points that matters My final question to you guys
0: is that um, we played against South Korea in, in our final group game uh, in 2013 when we qualified for the 2014 World Cup in that famous 1-0 win and um, since then, uh, how do you think uh, Kersh and Timeli uh, have improved or, or gone back? In your opinion, how do you think uh, the changes have been? Is it uh, as you would have expected it to be with uh, a lot of younger players coming in, or are you uh, slightly disappointed with uh, the changes so far? Arash, I'm going to come to you with this one first.
2: I'm actually, I'm, I'm satisfied with what I've seen. What I really like from Carlos Quiro is that he's bringing in a good uh, flux of young players for the future. I mean, we've seen, you know, players that are getting older. That, that's time for them to go. We've seen Javad Nekunam retire. Andronique Temurian still playing for Team LE, but he's played, late, lately he's played less for, for Team LE. And I like what I see with Saeed Azatulahi. I like players like Mehdi Torabi. I mean, it's great seeing Saadar Azmoun doing what he's doing, and I wish—I actually wish—we would have seen Saadar Azmoun in the World Cup. I mean, he was there for the 2015 Asian Cup. I mean, I just felt like it would have been better to see him in the World Cup. I felt that he was ready, but that wasn't obviously I'm sure. A lot of other fans had that same opinion as well. And yeah, like I overall, I'm, I'm glad with what I've seen. And naturally, I know we sometimes we talk about the shakiness of a right back or a left back, but I am very confident with Milad Mohammadi. I think he's going to do a good job and that meet with him with Milad Mohammadi playing at left back that means he won't have to play at left back anymore and and I think Mohammadi is a good replacement there and of course I miss Merdad Puladi but it's a whole different situation I want to know your
0: thoughts about the same issue and also how much of an indication do you think the result against South Korea was in terms of uh, our qualification process and uh, and how uh, if, I mean, if we are on the right track and uh, uh, if uh, we dare I say almost have a foot in Russia
1: well first of all it was a, a major win against uh, Uzbekistan and South Korea as well so uh, those were really important but it only takes one loss and the other teams are just uh, uh, waiting eagerly to, to take it first and also second place um, so I don't want to say anything yet, but because we see against um, against China, that Iran can struggle against weaker teams. Uh, so so far so good, but it's it's far from over. Uh, I, I believe Uzbekistan can be it can be their their year now. Uh, they've been so close so so many times now. Uh, that's the first. The second about about the squad, it, it's kind of like a, a post Nekounam Iran now. Uh, that's that we're building up now, uh, because when it was Nekounam playing, a lot of the game was through him. He he was the one was the link between the defenders and and the attacking players. Uh, toloi isn't that kind of player. Uh, and maybe if we don't we want to talk about Haji uh, Safi uh, they, they're they they're both really good they're not in the Necronom level yet but I think they're better together they can be an interesting couple together that can do really good uh, also they, they get plenty of uh, paying time in their respective clubs uh, I also like that uh, he introduced some new players, that, such as such as Ezatollahpour Az, such as uh, Shojaiyan. The, these young players that are interesting and coming up. Torabi, have not got much playing time, but uh, I think he is he, a fascinating player, uh, kind of super, cup, uh, super sub. Uh, Akhbari as a third choice uh, goalkeeper or maybe a second choice now, if he continues to to do nothing. Um, we have. Osmund that he, he keeps shocking us with his amazing goals. Sixteen goals in twenty-two games, you, you can't uh, joke about that. Yeah, uh, we have Dejara, who's in. He's he's doing really well for Team Ali now. Uh, he needs to find a new club though. Uh, and uh, we have uh, players such as Ansari Farid and uh, and uh, and also that they decided to to give it a shot in, in Europe and to, to make sure that they have a spot in the uh, in, in Team Mali If if they all want to to so the Arab teams such as uh Ujanejad and Shuja, they decided they get good money but that's about it. Uh, they went further from the national team. So it's an interesting mix and uh Taimurian could be uh, it's a really good replacement. So if, as I thought, I or Arshtafi won't play, I don't mind play more playing there at all. But he, he should be the role model in the team now. He should be the one that care of the new play. So, yeah, that's an interesting team.
0: I completely agree. And, and it's really difficult not to get over excited, certainly in my case anyway, when I look at the team, she and then the... The strength and depth that we have on the bench but uh, obviously I have to keep my feet on the ground and uh, and as you guys said, take each game as they come. But before we wrap this up we've had a few questions uh, on Twitter as well that our followers have asked us um, I'm going to ask you and uh, whoever wants to take the question and, and answer then uh, just uh, do so. The first question is from Thomas Dannis, a good friend of the show of course um, and he's asked Despite positive results, particular uh, area or position Iran may need to improve in order to get to the World Cup. What was the question? Sorry, I, I, I didn't. Um, he's asking: Is there one particular area or position that Iran uh, may need to improve in
1: order in order to get to the World Cup? I would say the 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 wings, both wings, and the goalkeeping. Uh, Iran, wings basically you the fullbacks or just uh, the the way we play down the
0: flanks and the and the gaps uh, that they are down our right and uh, left side
1: of defense. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the the fullbacks when the other teams are attacking, uh, we still let them through quite easily, and that's something that I think yeah, Iran really needs to to work with. Uh, uh, both Rezaian and Mohammadi uh, are still kind of young uh, or at least new to the national team and they need to uh, get more experience and be a lot tougher and better defensively. in the defense Arash, what do you think? I mean, there's been
0: a few problems with our number 10 in the last few years and uh, we failed to find a, a real number 10 uh, but what is uh, what is your opinion on this? What do you think? What area and position do you think we need to improve if we want to get to the World Cup?
2: Well, you know, like, like like what was just mentioned, you know, you want to make sure your goalkeeper is solid. I mean, I think I like, I like on Van. He can be a risk taker sometimes, so that, that right there might get some Team Ali fans a little worried. Uh, but I think, you know, I got to go with, um, I would say right now, I would think it would have to be more just right back. I mean, I'm comfortable, so far, I like what I, for me, it's have to be right back and left back. I mean, like I said earlier, I'm comfortable with Milad Muhammadi. I mean, I like, I like Ramin Rezaian Reza too. You know, I'm not trying to be just, you know, Mr. Positive, Mr. Optimistic every time. But I, I like Rezaian, but I think right back is a position that we need to take care of first and foremost. Uh, the second question we
0: have is uh, from Juventus LA Fan Club. Uh, and uh, they're asking, why do we still struggle to get good friendlies uh, when it matters? It helps our performance to, qualif- uh, to play qualified teams. You know, I'm guessing teams are five. All cups and this is an issue that we could have a uh, you know several podcasts on this matter but i just want to briefly answer the question
1: uh well i, I can take it um, wait
2: shortly oh sorry do oh, you want to take it uh, okay oh yeah i'll uh, just uh, go well. ahead and save yeah you do Well, you know, this has been a problem for a while, and it's gotten, it gets, you know, for a long time I was annoyed by it, but I got so over, I got over it a long time ago. I mean, how could you keep getting annoyed when the same thing happens? I mean, recently a a friendly match with Iraq just got canceled. I mean, I think even years ago a canceled, I think years ago a friendly match got canceled with uh, the team called Euskadi, the the Basque national team. And that's a team that's not even a, a FIFA member or even a UEFA member. I mean, things just don't seem to work out. there's some things I'm not sure I really want to say. I just think for some reasons outside of football, some friendly matches seem to get canceled. And it's just something that, it's just something that um, team elite fans have to deal with. I mean, it's nice to get a friendly, you know, usually we seem to just, we we seem to be able to get friendlies against teams like Azerbaijan or Kuwait and, you know, other teams from the Persian Gulf and, you know, you just take just take what you get. Get some preparation, test some of the young guys, and that's it. Well, yeah, and also it's really easy. We have a uh,
1: federation that that is not filled with people who are competent enough, uh, and then they don't do, they don't take the right choices for the national team, and uh, and also teams don't want to play against Iran because uh, first of all they don't want to travel to Iran. Secondly taking, uh, inviting Iran is, is like, uh, really a struggle. Uh, we just saw that in the last year when uh, Sweden invited Iran and it was had a really, really hard time, uh, just organizing a, a friendly game with Iran and nothing is as it's supposed to, to be. And maybe we are used to it, but uh, it, it's still a shame that it's like that. So. Uh, uh, that's our simple answer that we don't have a good uh, federation that can handle these kind of questions. That's why we uh, we barely struggle to play any good friendlies at all.
0: Certainly, I agree with you guys. It's, uh, it's a matter of mismanagement which has uh, cost us a lot in the last few decades but uh, our final question comes from Baba Golan that asking against Korea we finally saw Iran playing attractive football in parts. Uh, what does carers need to do uh, so we'll see it more often. You should play Korea more often because they <laughs> have a good track record. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's really hard. It's really
1: hard. Uh, do, you think, do, you
0: think the, do you think the fact that uh, more of the older players have not been played, there's more energy into the side, especially in midfield, uh, which means we, we can pull into the game and we can move the ball around a lot quicker do you think that's a factor or is it just uh, the fact that we played in South Korea it was at home and we had to take control of the game
1: I mean, sure, that could be one of the factors, but don't forget, as a he gets a yellow card a little bit too often. Uh, yeah, he gets overplayed every now and then, and although he, he's a good player, he's still a young player, and he's not the one that we should lean back and make sure that he takes us to the, to the World Cup. Um, I think... Yeah, I have to go with Arash here, with, with the positive thinking. Uh, after all, these are 11 players. Even if you play against the best team in the world, they're just 11 players. You can be good at, at a certain level, but the mental part is super important. And It seems that the mental part that's, that the players have been working with have, have gone quite well. And that's something that's, uh, that can be important for Iran to keep playing good.
2: Arash, what are your thoughts on this matter? Yeah, I like I like what um, I like the question. I like what you mentioned. I think it's a combination of both. I think um, you know, let's face it, Azadi Stadium. When Iran's playing at home in Azadi Stadium, I mean, lots of times you see them as a completely different team. I mean, the energy is there. It's just they feed off the energy from that loud crowd. That's there. There's so much fun, So much fun to be a part of. And of course, bringing in the younger players, that right there is a huge key as well because we've heard. We've heard Iranian football fans talk about you know playing you know football at Gerat. You know you're playing your country, you're playing hard, you want you're playing to win, and I think that it is good to see the the young guys in there because some of them they don't know if they're gonna you know they don't know if they're gonna always be called up every time a World Cup qualifier comes along, and I think that's a huge part of it.
0: Okay, thank you guys. Thank you very much for your contributions. It's been a a great chat. Um, uh, We will be back uh, ahead of the next round of uh, the uh, qualification for the 2018 World Cup, which will be uh, mid-November, if I'm correct, and uh, we'll be playing against Syria away in Malaysia. And we'll be previewing that game uh, closer to the time. But uh, if you have any comments or questions, uh, please do tweet us at uh, Golbezan. And uh, that is G-O-L-B-E-Z-A-N. Thank you for
1: listening. And until then, goodbye.